realizing the application itself is a big project and treating it like, you know, manage that project and, and get the resources you need and plan ahead. Because if you wait until the state releases the application, you probably don't have enough time to complete it. Now that the industry is getting a little bit more, more mature, I think compliance will become much more important. If you stay within these, these guides, these bumpers, you know, you can do anything you want in the middle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Weed Buds Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Rye Russell. I'm always so excited to learn about compliance because whether you are farming, you're in cultivation, retail, manufacturing, you have got to be compliant in this industry can be so hard to digest the laws and regulations. And so sometimes we need to ask the professionals to come in and help and that's what we did today, Dee Dee Perkins. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Ryan. I'm happy to be here. Before we jump in talking about compliance and the crazy world thereof, I'm always fascinated about the careers that the entrepreneurs and the professionals had before getting into the cannabis space, because there really is no normal journey into cannabis. Can you tell me a little bit about yours? Certainly, certainly. I was a, um, a freelance writer um, working for myself. And um, one of my clients gave me a referral to a gentleman and all she knew was he needed help with an application. And um, so I went in and met him. We talked on the phone quickly. And I walk in, there's this nice guy sitting at this conference table. And he puts his hands up and he says, like, after he said, hello, you know, I don't know if you know anything about medical marijuana. I'm not a stoner, but you know, I really need help on this application. And uh, I, I knew nothing about medical marijuana at the time, absolutely nothing, and was liked the guy and, you know, just kept listening. And before I knew it, we were working on um, one of the first competitive um, applications in mass. Uh, we won that license. I met a lot of people at the national level um, and just started getting other work. And literally within like 18 months, I was totally, you know, my practice had, you know, uh, flipped and I was basically working exclusively in the cannabis industry, which I found incredibly compelling. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was a, a very, it was like 2013. So it was a, it was pretty early on. It was a, it was just really great to be in the industry that early. I love that. It's funny because I've been working on uh, adult use retail application and I know other individuals and it does seem like you almost need a writer on staff to fill out one of these applications. So could you have ever imagined that you'd go from freelance writing? Was it, what type of writing was it? Creative writing or? No, I did business stuff. So, I mean, some technical, a lot of marketing copy and sure. um, sort of a serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur. So before that, I had had a kid's clothing company for eight years. So I knew about retail and, you know, I was, but yeah, I ended up um, sort of becoming a regulatory specialist. I, for whatever reason, I liked the regs and, you know, that was one of the, my jobs on many of the applications was to make sure everything was covered and, you know, we hadn't missed anything and, you know, just to be the organized, also to write it, but, you know, to make sure that the whole everything was covered. And yeah, just you do that it's over and over again in book. lots of different states. <laughs> you know, you start to. You start now, to how it. many states have you written applications in? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, 10, 11, 12, maybe. Wow. Are, yeah. Is there a lot of variance from state to state or are they pretty similar? 
Um, the applications themselves in the beginning, especially, were vastly different. You know, um, you know, Maryland had this really small, you know, character count, and actually Massachusetts did in the first one too. Others were open-ended. One of our applications that we submitted for a client was 900 pages. So I mean, the, the because they wanted everything, and so you want to win, right? So you put it all in there. Um, but uh, the reg the regulations, we saw a lot of consistency. In fact, sometimes you'd think, okay, and I can't remember which state it was, but you know. X state, okay, they took this from, like, literally the language would be the exact same from another state's application. So you know that they were all talking and, and grabbing pieces of each other's applications, what worked, and so. I would think that as we continue to grow as an industry, I would like to think anyway, that there will be a little bit more uniformness uh, to the applications, because I've heard the same thing, that in Nevada and California, it could be up to 900 pages where, you know, in Maine, it might only be 100, 100 or 200. So I'm, I'm thinking that as regulators get together, we might see a little bit more uniformity uh, amongst the applications. But I'm curious, what are some ways that you recommend to people in terms of tackling an application, be it, you know, uh, retail, uh, farming, agriculture, just any of these applications, because there's so many licenses. It's not like there's just one license. It's like you right. go get a handful. How do you recommend people tackle this? Well, I mean, you know, the first thing you have to do is you have to read the regulation or the statute that explains what the application looks like long before the application is actually released. You know, so I mean, um, and, and just prepare. Honestly, I mean, you have to put a team together. I've never, never seen one person write an application, at least in the bigger states by themselves. Um, you know, you just, there's so many different requirements from safety and security to extraction and cultivate, depending on what kind of license. Um, so I think, you know, just sort of realizing the application itself is a big project and treating it like, you know, manage that project and, and get the resources you need and plan ahead. Because if you wait until the state releases the application, you probably don't have enough time to complete it. So now let's say somebody is interested because compliance does not stop at the application process. Compliance is ongoing uh, for as long as you are in the business. So what tools do you have or that you have found make it easier for people to remain compliant after the application process? Well, you know, it's tricky. And I think um, everybody, well, from my experiences, each company does it a little differently. Um, you know, what we did at Procana is, you know, I just... I kept seeing, you know, when you get a license, you think, okay, I've won, right? That's the big part. But then you got it. Then you got to build your facilities. You have to train your staff, hire your staff, train your staff. And, you know, you have to comply with, in many states, everything that you promised in the application, plus the state regulations. In some cases, in California, especially, there's local regulations that you have to comply with. And it's just like this, the soup of regulations. And then if you have a vertical operation, you've got a cultivation team that has one group of regulations processing a retail totally separate. The teams are totally separate. The leadership is totally separate. You know, and if you're in multiple states, you know, it just it gets to be a very complex formula formula. And on top of that, they change them and they enact legislation, you know, that fine tunes the regs on a regular basis. So staying on top of that is tricky. And um, I just kept thinking, I saw a lot of stress in the cannabis industry, small companies, big companies um, around this, you know, everybody was sort of 
you know, they get the license, they jump in, everything's great. And then the systems just weren't set up properly, I think, you know, honestly, and um, or there weren't systems to be set up. And um, now that the industry is getting a little bit more, more mature, I think um, compliance will become much more important. You know, I mean, they'll, you know, they, they've learned how to operate. They've got their policies and procedures in place. Even if you're a new applicant, you know, the industry is maturing that, you know, you realize compliance is part of the, the, um, the answer. But, you know, so Procana basically is a hub. You know, we take the state regulations, we slice them and dice them. They're all searchable. We build policies and procedures and audits off of the regulations. So um, we sort of think of it as table stakes. Like these are the foundation, like the bumper, you know, like you stay within these, these guides, these bumpers, you know, you can do anything you want in the middle. Right. And that's where the internal policies come in. So and procedures. So, um, yeah, our tools start with, you know, policies and procedures right through training and quizzing and audits, collecting business intelligence and then reporting it out to, you know, stakeholders. So um, it's a, it's just a tool set, but it keeps everybody in there. And it's it's sort of a likable interface. It makes compliance just a little less stressful, I think. Uh, I think anything to reduce stress is great. In I'm curious, in terms of compliance, what's at stake? You know, for somebody that's gone through and invested, you know, the amount of money that it takes to start any business, but especially in this space, what's at stake if they're not operationally excellent ongoing? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake. I mean, you know, the first, well, there's compliance is sort of, you know, uh, there's compliance with the external regulations, the state and the local municipalities. And then there's compliance with the internal policies and procedures. And they both and not being in compliance has, you know, effects for both. But let's just deal with the, the regulatory. I mean, the most obvious is fines, fines and license license suspension. Um, you know, in Massachusetts, a, a you know, a medium sized company got a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine for using the wrong pesticide. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just, I mean, that, that's a lot for a com- for any company, but especially, a, you know, a small to mid-sized company. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and then the other, so there's that, there's fines, you know, deficiencies and, and license extensions and all that. Um, but I think there's also, you know, a company culture, you know, the stress, if, you come, if the company doesn't, if the people in the company don't know exactly what the rules are, if they don't know what's expected of them, um, you know, it's just stress goes up and or sometimes it's just ignorance. They don't even know that they're not in compliance. And so from the owner operator point of view, that's very stressful. So um, there's there's a lot of implications of not being in compliance. Absolutely. I'm also curious. So you have your service of helping guide individuals, but you also have a platform. And I would love for you to kind of break down the software as well, because I know that you mentioned training and all of that, but how easy is it? Because for somebody like me, I'm not tech savvy at all. Uh, so, you know, how does it like, and how do you, how would I fully utilize your platform? Yep. Um, so having a sort of a friendly and intuitive um, user experience was right at the top of our list as we were developing it. So, you know, it is literally, uh, you know, uh, one of our first clients who signed on, I signed him on a Friday, I called him on Monday and he's like, oh my God, I've got, I did a 30 step audit over the weekend and I'm in the facility. And so, I mean, it's pretty, you know, we'll definitely provide training, but it's, it's a pretty easy, intuitive process. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can, 
you start with the policies and the procedures. You can drag and drop your own in. You know, I mean, again, it's all the tools are pretty easy. Um, it's all searchable. You can assign, you know, a, a, a regulation block, a policy or procedure, uh, you know, for training. Um, you can add videos. You know, if you have a trimmer who does, you know, this is the best trimmer on, in our staff. You know, you can take a little short two or three minute video, connect it to a standard operating procedure, assign them both for training, um, create audits. You know, so it's just it's just an intuitive platform that, it you know, like it starts with the regulations, policies, training, audit, right to reporting. And each of the sections is pretty manageable. And all the tools that we use to build out the content is part is available to the user. So, um, you know, you use the same tools we do to, to build out um, the content. That's amazing. What what advice do you have? And I know being compliant, being operational excellent, operationally excellent is something that I saw going through your website as very important things. But what advice do you have for those of us that are like right on the cusp of getting into the industry, but we're just we're so overwhelmed? You know, how, what do you have for those individuals? Well, the cannabis industry can be overwhelming, you know, I mean, but I think if you're writing your application, one thing that we have is all the regulations in your state for your facility type are all searchable and sliced and diced. We've got sort of those foundational policies and procedures that you can, you know, literally they're right there for you. You can build on top of them. You can bring in your own, but ultimately at the most basic level, you've done that first layer of work for you. Um, so, you know, I think a number of people in our platform, you know, have, consultants working in Procano with them. So an attorney or an app writer or, a, you know, a cultivation consultant. So they're working in the system together to, you know, either write the application or to set up the systems that will allow them to, you know, be uh, profitable and have a great company. Now, did you ever think that you would be in software when you first got into the <laughs> cannabis space? Number one, I didn't think I'd ever be in cannabis. Number two, I never thought I'd be in software. And here I am. And it, it's very cool. I'm quite happy. So <laughs> tell me about some of the challenges with, because I know nothing about software. So tell me about some of the challenges you had to overcome building your platform. The first one was actually just finding the right team. I mean, we had vetted and talked to a number of people that a number of companies that came highly recommended. And it was 2019, I think we were about ready to sign a contract with a really well-regarded company um, based in Portland, Maine, we're, we're a Maine-based company, and um, it, it just didn't feel right. Something in the process, it just, you know, I felt like uh, something's not right here. And at the last, you know, we didn't sign the contract, and I just sort of, you know, uh, there's just something not right. And lo and behold, literally, like three weeks later, there was an announcement in the paper that they were moving their U.S. operations to Warsaw. Um, so, you know, and I think that was coming through in their communications. They wanted the work but they didn't really want to tell us they were leaving the state and we ended up starting over. So it actually put us back a couple months because really, you know, it's a big investment choosing the, you know, I mean, it's got to be the right fit. And we started from scratch and we found a team that now feels like family. They are out of, you know, New Hampshire, but uh, they have a big team and they are just so smart and so responsive and every, I have a vision and they create it. And, you know, it's just a really great collaboration and I can't say enough great about them. So that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Everything comes down to having a good team at the end of the day. Certainly does. It certainly does. <laughs> and systems. You need systems, but you need a good team. Yes. I, so speaking of team and systems, I'm really curious because employee training is something that we're talking a lot about. 
how do we create the right system for onboarding? How do we create the right system for continuing education? So is this platform something that could be utilized uh, to effectively keep our teams up to date and trained? Most basically, most definitely. And I feel like the training is the heart of the system, right? It's all about the employees, right? So the regulations, none of that matters unless the people understand it and can, and you know, understand how to do their job. So, um, Yes. Amazing. I love it because it is. I know, like I mentioned, we're working on an adult use application here in the state of Maine. And I'm so overwhelmed reading through. I think I've read through the regulations 10, 15 times already. And I, I love what I loved about your website is it looked like I'm able I'm able to break it down into bite size and manageable pieces and exactly. action items and then divide exactly. that out over the team. Exactly. Definitely. Um, and to get back to your training, um, I just wanted to add one more comment. A lot of the states sort of require like responsible vendor training, you know, like an, a licensed third party training company. Um, so obviously we are not that. I just want to be clear that we are not that. So, you know, we sort of work in um, in we complement the responsible vendor trainers or whatever they're called in the different states, because we are, you know, Procana allows you to train your team on your individual, your internal policies and procedures. So, you know, it's it's not so much the big picture, but it's literally you can get drilled down into, like I said before, how to trim the flower or how are you going to package? And, you know, um, so and that's sort of in that continuing legal, uh, continuing training education bucket, too. Um, so, you know, there's the if you have to have another 12 hours, every employee has to have 12 hours of continuing education. It doesn't all have to be external to your company. So internally, you know, you could, you know, be assigning, reassigning, um, you know, the way to do their work and um, and it changes in the regulations. So that can all be built into Pocana. Amazing, because I know for us, for example, and for so many tuning in, there's they might have one of these kind of third party trainers that will come in and train their bud tenders. But I also have some things that I think are important, maybe on the sales training side. Now, can yeah. I make a video of myself and another employee and then upload that as a training? Most certainly. In fact, okay. I, yeah, we didn't even talk about like the forward facing piece, but absolutely. And that's all brand, right? The way people interact with your company, the way your people interact with customers. Yes, you can, you can definitely do that. Well, let's talk about that forward facing piece. Cause I know I saw co strong culture, empowered employees. I know that this is something that you care about a lot. I do. I do. I feel like if people understand, you know, what's expected of them, they relax. And when people relax, they're more productive. They feel good. They, they know how to evaluate success. Right. You know, and it's um, so I think and, and when people are well trained and everybody's on, you know, it's like you're all pulling in the same direction. Right. You know, it, you get better results and, you know, teams that get good results tend to have, you know, be more resilient and more psyched about being at work. Right. You know, so. Um, I think that all directly affects profits, um, you know, brand loyalty. You know, how does your team interact with your customers? Um, it just, yeah, it, it affects everything, I think. Tell me a little even, bit even about future the, part, yeah. uh, excuse me, even future stakeholders or partners potentially. Like if you're a, you know, a wholesaler, you know, and you've got this great team and, you know, they're consistent, your product is consistent, you know, that's going to affect your supply chain, people that want to buy from you, people that are going to work with you. So it's not just with customers, but it's also with other partners in the industry. Um, so, and potential investors, all that kind of stuff. 
I'm sure investors look at that very strongly. I'm curious about the power of strong branding and brand development, because I've heard a few times now, and it's not something I believe in, but I've heard a few people, well, we're in marijuana. If we open the doors, people are going to come and buy. And I just feel like that's not necessarily the case. There is branding is important in just about any business. And I would think it is in this business as well. I totally agree with you. And I think in the early days, you know, when it was new, probably anybody who opened a store, you know, if was, you know, like I said, people would come. But as the industry and the consumers become more sophisticated, you know, I mean, as the competition increases, right, you know, you're talking about Maine. I mean, you know, there's potentially a lot of licenses in Maine, a lot of retail stores. And, you know, people are going to support the brands that they trust and they like, you know, I mean, like comes into it, like they want to like the people that they're going in and talk to. So, you know, I, I think that that bar is quickly being raised, honestly. And, and yeah. I love that. Well, Didi, for, I'm so grateful that, that you were joining me today to talk about these things because we don't get to talk about compliance a lot. We deal with it an awful lot. We don't get to talk about it an awful lot. And so for those out there that know they need some assistance, either breaking things down in terms of the compliance, the regulatory, getting started, or ongoing training and brand development, what is the best way for them to check out the platform or connect with you further? Yep, I think our website does a good job of explaining what we do. That's um, procana-usa.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, uh, happy to connect with people, answer questions, have conversations with basically anybody. It's, it's a cool industry and, you know, happy to, to connect. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dee Dee. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. And I'm so grateful to all of you for tuning into this episode of Weed Buzz Radio. Be sure to check out our show notes. We will include links so you can connect with Dee on LinkedIn. Also check out the website. And of course, you can find that at WeedBudsRadio.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode.